You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hallelujah. Good evening, everybody. Oh, I told your pastor I was going to preach really good tonight after where he took me to eat this afternoon. How many of you have been to Bud's Seafood? Some of you? If you haven't been, let me highly recommend it. And I'm a Florida boy on, from the coast, so I, I know good seafood. That's what I grew up with. So this was good seafood. And imagine in Stockton. Stock, who'd have thunk it, you know? I mean, wow. I even text my brother. He's down at our house in Florida right now, and I even text him. I said, man, I found a good seafood place in Stockton, California. I'm trying to talk him into coming out sometime when I fly out to preach for you guys, bring him with me. You guys need to meet my brother. A lot of people think he's my twin. I don't think we look alike, but he doesn't think we look alike, but everybody says we look like twins. <laughs> no, I can, we could definitely see resemblance. He's a year and a half older than I am. I always let people know that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, it sure has been good, hasn't it? Man, I got so many good reports from Sunday morning and getting to talk to all of y'all as you were leaving and then through the week and stuff. It's just been an excellent word that God gave us. I say God gave us. He didn't give you a word through me. He gave us all a word, didn't he? And uh, boy, we can, we can take that word and live it. You live that word and uh, it brings life. I mean, it'll just bring you life all the time if you, if you learn to live the way we learned on Sunday morning that you were actually created as a God being in the God class of being. God actually created you right below him above every other class. He's never created another class of being like you. So he's put you above angels, he's put you above Satan, he's put you above every other being. And uh, that's where you can rule and reign in life. And if you keep that word before you and you keep stirring yourself and put yourself in remembrance like the scripture says, you'll never have a down day. You'll never get defeated. Amen. That's that's just, uh, that's the way God's word is. In fact, we're going to, in fact, turn over to Matthew chapter 4 because I think this is just going to dovetail Real, real good, I've, I've seen as I was preparing this afternoon with Sunday's uh, message. So let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. We did find out that you are an eternal being. Often the scripture refers to you as a spirit being. Uh, that's an eternal being, one that's going to live forever. And thank God we got born into the family of God, so we're going to live forever with our Father God, right? And in the new heaven and new earth, how many of you looking forward to that? New heaven and new earth, man. I mean, there won't be any nighttime. We'll never sleep. We'll get to eat as much as we want and not gain an ounce. Some of y'all wanting to go right now. You just hang around. Hang around. We're, we still got more to do here, but it'll be fun when we get there. That's for sure. And every, every food you eat there is going to be like your most favorite one down here. And then you eat another one. You're, well, that was my most favorite. Some of you sugarholics, you're going to think you're getting dessert all the time. <laughs> all right, Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 4. Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread or food alone, but by every word 
that proceeds from the mouth of God. So this is a, a passage of scripture, you know, we've heard preached, we've read it, we've seen it for years, and yet most people don't get the importance of what Jesus is saying here. When he said, it is written, he's letting you know this is something spoken right out of the mouth of God that was penned as holy men of God followed the Holy Spirit and were inspired to write, it is written, man shall not live by just food. Now we know it's important to eat food, right? Take a look at all of us, we do well, don't we? (laughs) So man can't live just by food alone, but he's saying that just that outward man can live by food, but there's more to you than the outward man. What did we find out Sunday, right? That the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man doesn't feed on natural food like the outward man does. But by making this statement, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, then he puts the importance of the word of God in the same category for your body to have food. So how often do we feed our body food? Well, at least daily, right? (laughs) Unless you're doing some fasting, then you may not every day, but if you you won't do fasting all the time. So uh, he says right here, he said, you're going to have to feed yourself, the real you, the one we talked about Sunday morning, You're going to have to feed yourself uh, words right out of heaven. This is called the bread of heaven, the bread of life. And so he said, man can't live by bread alone, but by every word. And this word, the, the word word here in the Greek is rhema, and it means utterance or something spoken. And so we've got to live by every utterance that comes out of the mouth of God. In fact, Jesus is actually quoting Deuteronomy here. He's quoting the old prophets. So let's look back real quick at that. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 with me and look at verse number 3 where Jesus was quoting him, quoting in Matthew 4, 4. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. So it says, he, uh, he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, talking about the children of Israel, fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So this lets us know, he says, listen, I allowed you to hunger, I fed you with manna, but you didn't have a clue where it came from, and I was trying to let you know that you just can't live on your own. You just can't live by eating natural food here on planet Earth. You're going to have to live by every word that comes out of my mouth, says the Lord. So what do we have to live by? The words of God. And that, that's the words written and the words, individual words that God speaks to you. When God tells you to do something. You know, when God told Liz and I to get ready to move to Atlanta, Georgia, five years ago, we thought it'd be quicker than t- this year. <laughs> so we started preparing And then as I'm preparing and praying, then the Lord says, leave the timing of the sale of your property in my hands. So when he did that, I realized, well, then there's no rush here. I guess we're not moving right away. He said, leave it in his hands. So I'm not going to be concerned whether it sells or doesn't sell because I'm leaving the timing in his hands. And then, of course, all of a sudden, everything falls together within a couple of months this year where... We sell the ministry property, we sell the house, we buy the new house in Georgia. I mean, it just all fell together. It's just amazing when you do it God's way. So we're living by every word that we find written and then everything that God speaks to us. And, and, and we always know if it's God speaking to us because you'll always have peace. Amen. 
you don't have peace, you don't do it. You don't move forward. You don't do things just because it seems the right thing to do or even people prophesy over you and tell you things. I've had all kinds of prophecies over myself the last 40 years, and a lot of them are not from God. <laughs> and I'm talking about even well-respected ministers. They meant well. They just missed it. I've missed it. Anybody besides me missed it in here? <laughs> We've all missed it. Amen. Like the late Kenneth E. Hagin used to say, let the person that's never missed it raise your hand and we'll have an altar call for liars. <laughs> so... God's word is what you, as an eternal being, has to live by, just like your body has to live by food. So how important is the food to the body? And in in likewise, how important then is the word of God to you, the real you, if you're going to live? And when it says live, man shall not live by bread alone, but he's going to live by every word. He's talking about living the life of God, living the life that God wants you to live. Of course, we found in... John 4, 24, uh, Sunday, we found out God is a spirit. We found out in John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, which is your first birth. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's your second birth. That's your new birth. That's your birth from above. So we are spirit beings just like God. Now let's jump back over to a verse we looked at Sunday, John chapter 6. And verse number 63, John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So you're seeing why Jesus said you can't live just by food for your body. You've got to live by words for your spirit, because his words here, it says, are spirit, which means they are spirit food for spirit beings. Right? So he says... Uh, the words that I speak, and that word words again is the same word we saw in Matthew 4, 4. That's the word rhema. So things that God speaks to us personally and things that he speaks through the word of God. So he says, uh, uh, my words are spirit and they are life. So, so God's word is spirit food and it brings life to us. It says right here, and they are life. Well, what is that life? It's life for your walk with God. It's life for your mind and your mental state. It's life for your physical body. It's life for your financial affairs. It's life for your marriage. It's life for divine connections. That's one thing that I'm always believing God for with his life as I'm partaking of his word is divine connections. And it's amazing. I just had some this past week and uh, divine connections are definitely things you want in life. So he says, my words are spirit and they are life. It's very interesting. Right after Jesus says this in verse 63, many, it goes on to say, many of the disciples, not the 12, but many, there were a whole dozens and dozens of them. There were many followers of Jesus. And it says that they quit following him after he said this. And then, in fact, he turned to his 12 and he asked them, are you going to go away too? And look at Peter's answer in verse 68. Verse 68, Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, Rama, of eternal life. 
<laughs> well, what, what do you mean are we going to leave you? Where else would we go? You're it. You're everything. This is, the, this is what keeps me grounded and founded and stable through thick and thin. Pastor Mark and I, we were talking at, at dinner this evening, Pam and Mark, and how in the last 40 years we have been through all kinds of hell coming against us. All kinds of things that make you want to give, give up and quit and throw the towel in. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of things. I've had ministers talk about me behind my back and to other pastors that where I'd gone to all their churches and all of a sudden the doors closed to go into those churches. I couldn't go back to them because they believe lies that they heard somebody say instead of coming to me and finding out whether I said it or not. So we've had all kinds of hell break loose, but God's words, I finally realized it's not ink and pages and leather or, or app or whatever it is you use to read your Bible, that God's words are more than that. They're spirit and they're life. And so for me, it, where else would I go? I mean, I don't know about you, but even when I pray and don't get answers, I don't quit believing because where else am I going? This is my all. This is my everything. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Listen, I live what I preach and preach what I live. This is real to me. That's why I live in hotels and restaurants 40 to 45 weeks out of 52 every year. And I've been doing it for almost 40 years now. That's why I do it because this is the real deal. God's words. I was studying today, man, this is a whole almost different side journey, but it's the same thing. Studying how Jesus, and we were singing about it, Jesus and his word. Yes. It's the same. In the beginning was the word. And the word became flesh and got the name Jesus, but he's, he's st- he still goes by two names. I was just preaching this recently on television. Jesus still goes by two names. He goes by the name above every name, then he goes by the word. Yeah. And that's going to be, you can see that in Revelation where the, the, the vesture that's dipped in blood, the word. That's his name. He is alive, he is real. And we, when we start facing this, this word and looking at it as just more than English and words put together and stuff, but we look to it as life, it makes all the difference. Wow. Where else? Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the rhema. Of eternal life. When I got that years ago, I realized, wait a minute, I don't have to wait till I die to experience eternal life. I can start experiencing eternal life right now in the sweet here and now, this moment. The moment you get saved, you have eternal life on the inside of you. God puts his glory on the inside of you. His presence, Jesus is in you. You don't even have to pray, Lord, go with me today. He's gone. If you're saved, he's in you. He's going wherever you go. People get that revelation, they wouldn't go to some places they go. (laughs) 
God's words are life. And they're spirit for their eternal, for eternal beings. And it's what's going to put you over. It's what's going to give you confidence. It's what's going to give you assurance and, and keep you from losing your flame and burning out. Don't ever have to do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jeremiah had some enlightening words to say. I want you to see. Go to Jeremiah chapter 15, talking about God's words. Jeremiah 15, 16 he makes, he makes the analogy of eating the words just like you would eat bread. And so he says this, your words were found. In other words, I found your words. And I did eat them. <laughs> and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Wow, God's words brought joy to his heart and caused his heart to rejoice, which goes right along if you want to flip over to John chapter 15, verse 11, where Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, these things I've spoken to you, these things I've what? Spoken to you, that means his words, these things I've spoken to you that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Well, he said, these things I've spoken to. What, what things did he speak? He only spoke what he heard his father say. Right. He only spoke the word. So he's saying that his words causes us to remain in a state of joy. Yes. And of course, then be joyful or full of joy. Uh, God's word really activates the joy on the inside of us. Because you guys know Galatians 5.22, joy is one of the fruit of the born-again human spirit. And so that fruit of joy that God's given you will help you if you'll use it. In fact, it'll help you stay strong. Let, let me show you. You guys probably know verse in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. But let me just show it to you anyway. Sometimes we let these things slip. So jump over to Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10. And, and look how joy is connected to you being strong in the Lord here. Nehemiah 8.10, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions of those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Don't sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. Is your strength. So this means that God's word... Remember, God's word activates joy, we just saw. So God's word activates joy, but joy gives you strength. Hmm. Or we should say joy activated gives you strength because you have joy in you all the time. You guys have heard me teach about when the Lord walked into my room and taught me how to never have another down day the rest of my life, how to have, how to apply this fruit of peace to all my situations so that my emotions are under my control, not other people's control or not situation control or things like that, but that I can live in peace 24-7, 365. So I don't ever have down days. I don't have depressed days. I don't have discouraged days because I got a revelation that God's word and his peace is part of my life when I apply it, but I have to apply it. I have to activate that peace. I have plenty of times, plenty of opportunities to lose peace. <laughs> but I don't. 
because I always activate that peace. Well, joy is the same way. Joy has to be activated, and it says God's word activates his joy, and then his joy gives you strength. Now, let's take it a step further. In fact, jump over to Ephesians with me, Ephesians chapter 6. So God's word activates joy. Joy gives you strength. Now, look at what uh, Ephesians 6 says. We'll read verses 10 and 11 here. Ephesians 6, 10, for my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the the wiles or the trickery and evil plots of the devil. So we're supposed to be strong in the Lord, correct? Not strong in ourselves. Come on, be strong, brother, we'll tell people. But no, don't try and be strong in yourself. Be strong in the Lord. So... Being strong in the Lord is using God's strength. This says we have to use God's strength to use the armor he gave us so that we can stand firm in who we are in Jesus and then we stand firm in Jesus, then that will stop the devil from having success with his weapons that he uses against us. I'm going to say that again. We're supposed to be strong in the Lord, not strong in ourselves. Being strong in the Lord is using God's strength. This says right here, you have to use God's strength to use his armor that he gave you. Then you will stand firm in who you are in Jesus, and that will stop the devil from having any success in your life. Wow. So God's word activates God's joy in you and God's joy gives you strength and God's strength helps you stand firm in whom you are in Christ Jesus and then all the tricks and schemes the devil tries to throw against you are ineffective. Sounds like God's word is mighty important in our lives and we have to start looking them as spirit, as eternal, as life. Not just something that we read or something that we talk about, but it's actually life. Just just as if Jesus appeared to you and walked in your room, you have to start seeing the word that way. Look, man, the word just walked in my room. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, the word's in my car. Whoa, glory to God. Ooh, the word's in my shower with me this morning. Hallelujah. Come on. All right, turn to Psalm 119 with me. Psalm 119. Let's go to verse number 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. Anybody getting anything? In Psalm 119, verse 130, the entrance of your words give light, understanding to the simple. Hmm. So the entrance of his words give what? Light. The entrance of God's word Light, or if you read back before verse 130, you'll find out, uh, light your path. So let's couple this statement, the entrance of God's words give light. Let's couple that with Proverbs 1530. Jump over there with me, Proverbs 1530. Remember the entrance or allowing God's word to enter into your thought life and into your situations and into your day-to-day activities. In fact, we should say it this way, into our day-to-day decision-making processes, right? 
so that we're actually making decisions throughout the day based on the word of God. Well, his word gives us light. Now look at Proverbs 15, 30. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. Look up the Hebrew for rejoices. It means to have joy or to make joyful. So the light of the eye, which is talking about God's word lightening your eyes, uh, that caused you to rejoice. And a good report, anytime you give a good report about God and what he's doing and his word, it makes the bones fat. <laughs> when I read that today and I was meditating on that, I just started thanking God. Lord, I, God, I thank you. My bones are fat with the anointing, fat with the glory of God, fat with the, with the health of God, fat with the strength of God. Thank you, Lord. My bones are strong and healthy and whole. Amen. Let me read a couple other translations here. Uh, contemporary English version, a friendly smile makes you happy and good news makes you feel strong. The English Standard Version, uh, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart and good news refreshes the bones. International Standard Version, bright eyes encourage the heart. Good news nourishes the body. The New Living says a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. The Message Bible says a twinkle in the eye makes, means joy in the heart. And good news makes you feel fit as a fiddle. <laughs> And the NIV says, light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart. I want you to be thinking about, I'm keeping God's words like under the old covenant when they said like eyelids, eyelets, you know, where, where they'd have these little things with the word on them. God's word, I'm going to keep it before my eyes. It brings joy to my heart and good news gives health to the bones. So we're talking about God's word making your heart joyful. When you continually feed on God's word, you're going to have a glad or merry heart continually. I had my TV manager tell me, he said he was at church one time. Somebody walked up to him and he, and he asked him this. He knew David were Genesis, my TV manager. He knew David was my TV manager. And so he walked up to him and he said, hey, brother David, uh, is brother Hutton for real? Brother David didn't know what he was talking about. What do you mean? Well, you know, is he for real? Is, is he the real deal? And David's thinking, what exactly are you asking? And so David says, I'm not really sure what, why you're asking. He said, well, every time I see him, he's always happy. He's always praising the Lord. He's always smiling, always hugging people and stuff. And is he just putting on when he's at church? It's sad that people have to think that. And you know why they think that? Because there are a lot of people who do. Right. Right. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. No, Brother David said, no, I've known him since 1983 when I became a partner of his ministry. And, and uh, he's the real deal. What you see is what you get. He lives what he preaches and preaches what he lives. I'm glad that somebody else gave that testimony about myself because that is my thought thinking totally. I'm going to live what I preach and I'm going to preach what I live, whether people like it or not. Amen. 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 So I continually feed on God's word, whether I have a leather Bible in my hand or whether I have an app on some device or something, even if I don't, I'm still living on God's word because I've hid God's word in my heart that I might not sin against him. And so I'm continually speaking God's word. I'm a word carrier. 
and you should be too. And I notice a lot of you bought those deck of cards and a lot of you bought scripture CDs. That's, that's the key to getting full of the word is making sure, of course, that you don't just buy them, but that you use them. You know, we've got to make sure we're filling our hearts with God's word. As much as you're filling your mouth for that physical body, you can't live by just that, what you're putting in your physical body. You got to live by spirit food because you are an eternal being. And that eternal being needs to eat regular. And most people, unfortunately, treat the Bible just as a book. Look at Proverbs 17.22 with me. Proverbs 17.22. Since we're talking about God's word stirs up that joy on the inside of us so we can be happy, so we can be merry, so we can be joyful. Look at Proverbs 17.22. A merry heart, and you know now by letting word... See, here's the key to understanding scripture is let scripture interpret scripture. Use scripture to tell you what other scripture means. So when you talk about a joyful heart or a merry heart, you know, that's somebody that's meditating on God's word, speaking God's word, thinking God's word, living God's word, eating God's word. Your words I found, I did eat them. They became the joy and rejoicing of my heart. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drives the bones. Wow. Hmm. The uh, Bible in basic English says a glad heart makes a healthy body. The Amplified says a happy heart is good medicine. A cheerful mind works healing. The message says a cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. That's why I'm always encouraging people, especially Christians. If I find Christians that are pessimistic always talking negative and stuff, I I jump on a man like a bug on a rug. I try and help. Hey, shut up. Don't be talking that way. Talk what the word says. Talk life. Talk health. Talk blessing. Don't talk the devil's kingdom. That's his talk, man. You don't want to be helping him. So a merry heart does good like a merry and a merry heart is one that stays full of the word of god but when you don't stay full of the word then you become this broken or really if you look up the hebrew here broken spirit it's just one that's apart from god because you're not staying connected to we're supposed to stay connected that's abide. he if you abide in me and my words abide in you that's staying connected All right, look at Psalm 118 with me. Psalm 118. We're talking about being glad and rejoicing because we're staying full of the Word of God. It'll make us uh, have a happy heart. Psalm 118, verse 24. You guys know this verse. Everybody quotes it, but maybe they don't know the reference. Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will what? Rejoice. Rejoice. So why aren't Christians rejoicing every single day? I mean, did the Lord not make that particular day they're not rejoicing? I think we've missed it on this verse right here. A lot of Christians don't rejoice and are not glad because they don't stop and meditate on what it means this is a day the Lord hath made. I mean, this is why I get out of bed. I, I quote this verse almost every single day of my life. And usually it's the first verse I'm quoting before I get out of bed. This is, and I'm talking about when all hell's broken loose. Come on now. 
See, people want to quote the Bible when all, when all heaven's breaking loose. When all hell breaks loose, then they're, they're bawling and squalling and whining and complaining. No, listen, when all hell breaks loose, that's the time for you to let all heaven break loose out of the inside of you. Because heaven is more powerful than hell. God is more powerful than Satan. Light is more powerful than darkness. Come on. God's words are much more powerful than Satan's words. So this is the day that the Lord has made. So, so you stop and you meditate when you see a verse like this. Okay, so the Lord has made this day. So it's not just that the Lord makes the day, but it's what he puts in the day and what he made the day for. Let me show you what I mean. Look at, um, um, let's see. Look at Psalm 68, verse 19. Psalm 68, 19, blessed be the Lord. Now we're talking about every day when we get out of bed, it's a day the Lord has made and we're supposed to do two things throughout that day. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, we're supposed to do two things throughout that day. We're supposed to rejoice and we're supposed to be glad, right? So this, this must be uh, spirit and life. This must be something that if you'll feed on, it will be spirit to you and it will be life to you. It will energize you. It will cause things that are meant for bad to turn for good. Come on now. So these are spirit and life. And so then he says in Psalm 68, 19, blessed be the Lord who daily, does that it, daily sound like, like every day? Yes. Who daily loads us with? Benefits even the God of our salvation, Selah. Stop and meditate on this. Get a hold of this. He daily loads us with benefits. So this is the day the Lord hath made. So thank you, Lord. Today is going to be a good day. Thank you, Lord. You've loaded my day with benefits. And of course, when he ties in the God of our salvation, he lets us know that salvation has a whole big package for us. Spirit, soul, body, finances, marriage, emotions, everything is part of the package of salvation. You didn't just get saved from sin. You got saved from everything the kingdom of darkness could bring your way. Jesus, when he said it is finished, he didn't say it is almost finished. He said it's finished. So that means you have been redeemed completely. You are now complete in Jesus, which is where you live. Amen. So he loads my day, according to this verse, with Benefits, all right? Now keep that in mind. Go to Psalm 103. You guys probably know this one as well. Psalm 103, another verse that I quote almost every day of my life, usually in the morning, first thing as well. When I'm thanking God for this day that he's made, I'm going to rejoice today. I'm going to be glad today. You've loaded my day with benefits. Then I start putting myself in remembrance of his benefits. So I, I, I don't turn here because I have meditated on it long enough. I don't just... Uh, I didn't just memorize it. I actually know this now. And there's a big difference. Psalm 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? Yes. Now, for God to have this written for us, and, and remember, if you read over in the New Testament, you find out the Old Testament things that were written are for our admission, our, our admonition, and our learning, right? We're supposed to be able to learn from these things. And so he says, don't forget his benefits. You know what that tells me? We can. We can forget his benefits. 
Amen. We go to the New Testament, find out you can let these things slip. You need to be put in remembrance. Peter said, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, I'm going to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So we can forget the benefits. We need to be put in remembrance. So he said, don't forget the benefits. And then he starts listing the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Of course, we can New Testamentize that. What does that mean? Well, take an Old Testament verse like this, put it in the New Testament after Jesus has gone to the cross, and he has forgiven our sins. Thank God we're forgiven. You're redeemed, free from sin. Romans chapter 6, you have been freed from sin. So much so it says, don't let sin lord it over you. Sin can't control you anymore because you've been freed from sin. So he has forgiven all our sins. He has healed all our diseases. Somebody says, well, Brother Larry, if he's healed all of my diseases, then why am I sick? That's like saying, well, if he's forgiven my sin, why am I out here sinning? (laughs) If you're yielding to sin, you don't have to if you're forgiven, if you're righteous, right? So if sickness is attacking your body, don't yield to it, resist it. Amen. Don't allow it to stay. He says he forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Either it's so or it's not. Well, if we'll believe God's word, let God be true. One of the biggest deceptions that the devil does when it comes to anything, whether it's healing or forgiveness or all the other things we're about to talk about in the rest of the verses here, uh, the biggest deception the devil does is try to get us our eyes on somebody else's experience so that we'll believe that more than we believe what God said. Amen. Amen. But we're supposed to let God be true and every man a liar. So if man is saying anything contrary to what God says, let's let God be true. Choose what God says. Bless the Lord of my soul. Don't forget his benefits. He's forgiven all your sins. He's healed all your diseases. He redeems your life. He has redeemed your life from destruction. So thank God for that every day. Lord, I thank you. I am redeemed from destruction. I am not going to have my body destroyed. I'm not going to have my goods, my car, my home destroyed. I'm not going to have my marriage destroyed. I thank you, Lord. I am redeemed from destruction. So you put your faith in that. You get that that activated. And all of this, remember, is going to cause your heart to rejoice and then cause you to be strong in the Lord, not weak in yourself. All right? So he says, um, he redeems your life from destruction, and then he crowns you. Crowns you. You ever heard somebody say, I'm going to crown you? (laughs) Well, here's the good thing about when God crowns us. It's like he hugs us. He pours himself on us. He surrounds us. He's ooey-gooey with his love on us. So that's what it means, crowns us with his love, his kindness, his mercy, his goodness. That's what it's talking about here. He crowns us. So, so I always say, Lord, when I say this in the morning, I always say, Lord, thank you. You're crowning me. You're, you're hugging me with your goodness and love, and you're surrounding me, and you're enveloping me with your goodness and your love and your mercy. Man, this is going to be a good day. See, you're just starting the day right when you do this you're setting yourself up for success you're setting yourself up for victory when you walk into the battle and there's plenty of battles for us to walk through 
but we're supposed to walk through them, not be defeated in them. And that's what the whole 23rd Psalm is all about. If you'll ever meditate on that, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't get defeated in it. Don't camp in it. Right? Right. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And if you'll read it, God even says when you're doing it, pull up a chair, sit down at the table with your master. He's got a meal prepared for you. In the presence of your enemies. That means when you're going through hell. (laughs) All hell's broke loose. And you just, you go ahead. You know what? I think I'm just going to sit down and have me a meal with Jesus. Ah. When everybody else is fretting and worrying and all upset and uptight, you're at rest. You're at peace. Why? Because you're walking with Jesus. He's in you. You're in him. And in him is where you live and you move and you have your very being. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So he put that in every, every day. Remember, we're looking some these things that are in every day, every day of our lives. So he crowns you, hugs you, envelops you with his love and his kindness and his tender mercies. And then he satisfies your mouth with good things, which is the word. That's the good things your, your mouth is supposed to be satisfied with. Not talking about just natural food. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll take care of you there. But he wants to satisfy your mouth with good things so that you're speaking the word and setting forth life and blessing. Remember, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So if you want to eat the fruit of what your tongue is saying, you better make sure it's saying life. My words are spirit and my words are life. Right? All right, let's turn over to one of my favorite scriptures and we'll, uh, we'll go through this for a few minutes and then close tonight. But Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's read verses 20 through 22 here. We're talking about the importance of God's word daily. Daily. Making it part of your life just as much as the cereal or the coffee or the toast or the banana or the sandwich or the steak or the fish or whatever it is you eat throughout that day. Make my word that important. And just... In fact, try and remind yourself every time your body says, I'm hungry. Think to yourself, okay, I got to get some more word. Amen. Amen. My son, attend to my words, verse 20 said, Proverbs 4.20, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, don't let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they, my words, are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. When I'm doing healing seminars or healing crusades or healing revivals or even when I teach our daily TV program, if I do a series on healing, I always bring people this and I say, here's the recipe for health in your body right here. doesn't mean you're not going to get attacked. It doesn't mean things aren't going to come and attack your body, attach themselves to you temporarily. But if you'll do what it says here, they can't stay. Say amen. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, don't let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. Their life, to those that find the word find here is to grasp, but you and I would say to take hold of, so to grasp or take hold of them, and health to all their flesh. So God says, attend. If you look up the Hebrew word, it means to give heed or to regard. It's actually a Hebrew word that stresses importance, vital It's vital. It's really, really important is what the Hebrew stresses. 
And so he's letting you know, just like your body is saying, it's really important that you give me some food right now. (laughs) That's what God's word is to you, the inward man, the eternal being. So attend, give heed to. You know, if you went up to somebody and asked them, hey, can you help me? And they say, well, yeah, but, you know, I got to attend to this first. What does this mean? It means, well, this takes priority. I mean, I'm going to help you. I want to help you, but I've got to do this first. So I've got to attend to this first. That's what God's word is supposed to be. And then he says, incline your ear to his saying. And if you look up that word, incline the Hebrew, it means to, to stretch forth. You know, you can almost imagine like a cartoon character that take, grabs his ear like made of rubber and he stretches that ear way out so he can hear twice as much, you know. <laughs> That's really what the Hebrew is saying here, to stretch or to spread out, which is really meaning making an effort. What did you say? What? You're, you're making an effort to hear. Yes, amen. And you know, when I found out this is really the case is I was in church one time and the pastor was pe- preaching away, and I was following along, and all of a sudden, my, I let my mind wander. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, we're all guilty. We let our mind wander, we think about something else, and we miss what's being said, right? And then when I came to myself, you know what I mean by that? When I realized I hadn't been listening to what the pastor was saying, I started listening, and I didn't know where they were at, and so I nonchalantly with trying to not let anybody know that I wasn't paying attention, I look on my wife's Bible, to see where we're at, where I need to turn to, so that nobody will know that I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't inclining my ear. You know what I'm talking about, right? Come on, you husbands know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh Uh-huh, come on, your wife will be talking, 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 all of a sudden she'll say, honey, and you'll go, what? What did I just say? I'm going to pick on Pastor Mark here a minute. We were driving in the car going to eat yesterday, I think it was, and, and wife Pam starts talking to husband Mark, right? And she's talking away to him, and he, he's not listening. He's, he's like in Zululand with some messages that came to him, not hearing a thing she's saying. So when she got done asking him and talking to him, I answered from the back seat. I carried on the conversation with her. And I even said this. I even said, Mark doesn't have a clue that you're talking to him. And he didn't even hear me. (laughs) Hey, guilty. Ask Liz. I'm guilty. (laughs) My point is here, if we don't incline, we won't hear. (laughs) Right? And this is the way we got to be. And especially when you come to church and you're sitting under Pastor Mark or you're sitting under the word of God, or maybe you're listening or maybe you're reading the, the word or whatever, incline your ear, hear what's being said. So attend to my words, incline your ear and then keep them in the midst of your eyes. Keep them. In the, of course, that doesn't mean that, that literally you're keeping God's word when you're driving the car, you'd get in a wreck, right? So it's not talking about that. But it's talking about keeping your focus on the word of God. Always looking to the word of God on a regular basis. In fact, what it, where is it? Uh, Matthew 6.33 or 6.22 or wherever it's at. The light of the body is the eye. And if your eye is single, that means you keep your focus on Jesus. If your eye is single... Then it says your whole, that is Matthew 6, 22, I think. Then your whole body is full of light. So this is a great health scripture right here. 
If you want your body full of light and life and health, then keep your eye focused on Jesus, your healer, and what he's already done for you. Bore your sickness and disease, right? So it says, um, keep your eyes, let them not depart from your eyes, so keep your eyes on the word of God, and then keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now that, just that statement showed me that there must be something or someone that doesn't want me to keep them. Because God wouldn't tell me to keep them if, it was just gonna, if they were just going to stay when I got hold of them. To say keep them, and you look up the Hebrew talking about guard and protect. So to guard and protect and to keep must mean that we have an enemy arrayed against us that wants to steal that word that's been sown in your heart. Come on, we all know the parable of the sower, right? And so um, we're going to have to resist him and not let him steal the word. But it says keep them in the midst of our heart. And then it says in verse 22, that if we do those four things, they're gonna be, God's word's going to be life to us because we've taken hold of it. So taking hold of it is doing the four things that are mentioned in verses 20 and 21. It would behoove all of us to continually remind ourselves of this. All right, so we, we take hold of it, and then God's word becomes life. Life, and then there's a, a three-letter word, and. And is a conjunction. But and means it's also going to do something else for you. That's what the word and means. So God's word's going to bring you life and. Well, of course, we know that his life would bring health. That would include health. But for God to separate it here is trying to let us know the importance of God's word for the physical health of your body. So he says God's word's going to bring you life So since he separated it, then he has to be talking about every other area beside the physical body. So God's God's word's going to bring life to your finances. God's word's going to bring life to your feelings and emotions. God's word's going to bring life to your marriage. God's word's going to bring life to your divine connections and so forth and so on. He's going to bring life to you. And then he says he's going to bring health to how much of your flesh? Does all mean all? All your flesh. Does all leave out any part of your flesh? So you could actually name an organ or some part of your body, and that would be included in the all. So he said, here is the way to get your body healed. He didn't say you're not going to be attacked and have things come against you. I have things come against me all the time, but I don't let them stay. They're not going to stay. I mean, I remember the time that I, I was uh, uh, getting ready to go preach in Topeka, Kansas, got up one morning walking around, and all of a sudden, I guess my whole back, lower back blew out. I was just walking. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't stretching. I wasn't lifting anything. I was just walking, and all of a sudden, my b- whole back blew out. We called a friend doctor of Liz's and explained the whole situation. He said, man, he said, man, your vertebrae and discs and stuff, are, I mean, without me seeing you, it sounds like they've just all let loose, let go. <laughs> and uh, so I told Liz, I said, well, we're, we're uh, going to the airport this afternoon flying up to Topeka because I'm preaching tomorrow. She said, well, I mean, I'm, I'm writhing and I'm on the floor in so much pain that I can't get up. But I tell her, get ready, we're going. 
Amen. She said, do I need to take you to the hospital? I said, no, come on, just help me get dressed. Now, if somebody had seen me at the airport three hours later, they would have thought, that guy, he's, he's that healing preacher, and look at him, he's in a wheelchair. I had to get Liz to get a wheelchair to wheel me from the car into the airport and out to the plane. When we got to Kansas City where we flew to and then drove over to Pika, I had to get Liz to get a wheelchair for me to wheel me out to the rental car and I couldn't drive. She had to drive and wheel me and put me in the car. There's that healing preacher. Look at that must mean that stuff he preaches isn't true. See, that's what people say because they see you under attack, but they don't see you the next day or the next day or the next day. When you've come through it, we walk through. It doesn't mean you don't have it come against you. It means you walk through it and you walk by faith, not by sight. So by the next morning when I got out of bed, 80% of the symptoms were gone. I had about 20% of the pain. But at this point, I was able to stand up straight in some pain, but I was able to stand up straight and nobody know that I was in pain. So I got up on the platform with about 20% pain and preached that morning. By the time I was done preaching, all the pain was gone. Amen. And so I kept what I kept doing from the Saturday morning when the back totally blew out. I started speaking to every vertebrae, disc, bone. I said, you get back in place. You work the way God created you. I am the healed. I'm not going to be the healed. I am the healed. So you're going to have to function the way the healed functions. And that's perfect. So get in place and act right. And I just kept saying, I kept speaking. What am I doing? Whosoever shall say to the mountain. I wasn't talking to the mountain. I wasn't asking God to fix the mountain or remove the mountain. He told me to speak to the mountain. And then my faith in him would cause him to work. So I spoke to the mountain and the mountain had to move. Didn't move right away, but it moved. Amen. So God's word is health, it says, to all our flesh. Now, this word health, it's actually the Hebrew word marpe. Let me give you some of the definitions of marpe. Marpe is a Hebrew word. It's actually used numerous places when talking about healing in the Old Testament. But the word marpe is actually a Hebrew word that means medicine. It means a cure. It means strength. It means uh, health, health to all the flesh. So uh, medicine, it means medicine, it means a cure, it means deliverance. So this can be something where uh, the body needs to be delivered from maybe an allergy or something like that. You know, I grew up with, I had severe, severe allergy problems. I was allergic to over 120 different things. I had to take three medications until I was 22 years old when I found out that Jesus was my healer. That's when I got delivered. My, 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 uh, I, there were things I couldn't eat, you know, because of food allergies and stuff. And, and I, I realized, wait a minute, I'm delivered from all of them. And now I can eat anything. I'm not allergic to anything. I threw all my medicine away decades ago and haven't had a drop since. So I know this word works if you work it. God's word is medicine, it's a cure, it's deliverance, it's healing, it's health. Oh, another definition of the marpe, remedy. Yeah, it's remedy. 
But I love the last, when you read this Hebrew, uh, the very last thing it says when it's given the definitions of marpe, it says this, yielding, yielding. And that's in parentheses, which means everything that it talked about before, the medicine, the cure, the deliverance, it's yielding medicine to your flesh. It's yielding a cure to God's word. God's words, God's words are yielding deliverance. They're yielding healing. They're yielding health. They're yielding remedy. Another definition of of Marpe, they're yielding soundness and wholeness. Yielding. But then I got so excited when I saw that this Hebrew word was not a root word, that it came from a root word. And so I looked up the root word, and the root word was Rapha. The root word was Jesus, the Lord who heals you. And then I realized what, what this yielding was all about. This health and medicine and cure and wholeness was being yielded from Jesus who is our life and our light and our source and the word of life forever. Is that good or what? I have a whole bunch more notes, but that's good for tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's thank him tonight. Lord, thank you. Lord, help us to see beyond with the natural eyes. Help us to see how powerful your word is and that it's not ink and pages and written words by man, but it's life and it's spirit and it's food that strengthens and stirs up joy and causes our armor to be full of life to ward off all the attacks of the wicked one. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Your words, your words, your words, your words. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, my words are much, much, much more powerful than most of my children have understood. My words are what I use to create the heavens and the earth. My words are what formed things out of the unseen into the realm of the seen. My words can change anything for there is nothing that is impossible for my word. My words are what I want in your mouth, saith the Lord. My words are what will change your future. You can start speaking my words and make a wonderful future for you and your loved ones. My words, my words, my words are what I want you thinking through the day. My words are what I want you to dwell upon. And then watch my words change everything around you for the good. For even Satan and all of his cohorts can't stand against my word. They already tried that and lost, ha, 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 saith the Lord. And so think, meditate, speak my words every day. Take time to do this, saith the Lord, for my words are spirit and my words are life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, help us, help us, help us, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding. 
And the word further came to me saying, let people know and let my children know my words will strengthen them. It will strengthen the fruit in them, but it will also bring them comfort. For you see, I understand, saith the Lord, the, the trials and the tests and the situations that you go through. I understand all of the stuff that Satan brings and all of the wiles of the devil that are arrayed against you. I understand the hardships you go through better than you do, says the Lord, but I've already set you up for victory. For you see, I've already won the victory for every one of those battles for you. So I can already see the end when you're just seeing the beginning. I can see and understand that you've already got the victory and that's why I've told you that I've already given you the victory so that you'll face those things with my word and then my word will bring you strength but also my word will bring you comfort I understand the human side of you man I understand that you need comforted and there are times you need to be comforted and I am the God of all comfort just like I'm the God of all strength. So I'm telling you tonight, I am encouraging you tonight, saith the Lord, to look to my word for all your answers. For in it are the issues of life. And that's why I said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the very forces that affect your entire life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, before Pastor Mark comes, let me just mention a couple things. Now, we did sell out of about, I think not, I'm about to say about everything I mentioned on Sunday, but I don't think it's about. I think we did sell out of everything. So if, like, you want the deck of cards or if you want to get the heaven's health food or you want to get the peace scriptures, all the things we sold out of, just remember LarryHutton.org. If you go to LarryHutton.org, you can either download the MP3s. If you don't want CD, if you want CD, you can order the CD. But those are all available. Um, I was going to mention, um, if I know there's a few of you here that have this one already, but if, you've, if you're struggling financially or if you've been tithing and you're a giver, but you're still strapped and you're still having a hard time financially, here's the series that I recommend, Divine Economics. I was just teaching on my television program recently about this because there's, there's a lot of people, they're doing everything right. They're tithing, they're giving, they're putting God first in their finances, they're sowing and sowing and sowing, but they're not reaping and reaping and reaping. And there's a reason. And so I, 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 there's over three hours of teaching. I, I did a, about three, three, three or four weeks on my television program, daily program on it. But uh, there's a lot more to it than just putting your money in the plate or dropping your money or sending your check or whatever. And, and I'm saying this because I see some of my partners are here and uh, the church is a partner of our ministry. And so, uh, man, if you've been struggling financially at all, 
Uh, like one of my partners was telling me tonight, man, they, this past year during a year that wasn't supposed to be good financially was their best financial year ever. You know what? That's mine and Liz's testimony. It was the best year ever financially for us. And yet, you know, we had some churches cancel on us. And, and when you did go to some churches, the offerings were way down because nobody was there. And, and uh, so, but guess what? We're, we're not tied into the world system. Yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so you get, get a hold of this series, Divine Economics, because this is all about God's grace regarding your finances, and you need to hear that if you don't have it. And then uh, this is the book that I was talking about when I mentioned the, the divine supernatural experience I had with the Lord when he taught me how to live where I control my feelings, I control my emotions, I don't let anger or worry or fear or stress or offense or discouragement. I don't let those things control me. I control the way I feel. And uh, so this book is what that's all about, Internal Affairs. If you don't have it, you can go to LarryHutton.org. We do have a few of them out there for those of you that are present tonight. And then my book, uh, somebody asked me if I've ever brought this. I don't know if I've ever brought this one here or not. I know a few of you do have the book, but it's called Long Life. But then the subtitle is Your Assignment from God. Every one of you have an assignment. And when I say that, I didn't say you have a certain day that you're going to die. Actually, I'll take you to a lot of scriptures in this book and show you how to lengthen your days. If you had an appointed time to die like we've been preached at, then you couldn't lengthen your days if you have an appointment. But that's, that verse is not even saying you have an appointment. When it says it is appointed once for man to die, that's not even talking about a date or a day for you to die. It's not even talking about that if you read the context. I actually go into that in this book as well. But anyway, you have an assignment, and your assignment is to live the life of God this long, from the time you're born again till the time you leave planet Earth. That's long life. Come on. Now, I also get into the scriptures that talk about all the people that lived way past Moses and, and uh, how long you can live if you decide you want to. Somebody asked me, why would I want to live long? I said, why wouldn't you if you're healthy and strong all the days of your life? When Moses was 120, he had perfect eyesight, didn't have arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis. He only had Goditis. That was at 120. Amen. So... And, and here's the cool thing about this. If Moses could do that under the old covenant, he was not born again. He did not have the greater one on the inside of him like you do. And he could do that under the old covenant. How much more can you and me? So if Jesus tarries, I don't think he's going to that long. But if he does, I'm not letting Moses outdo me. And you should be thinking the same way too. Start, we start thinking differently than the world's way. The world thinks, okay, once you get to this age, you've got to start going downhill, decrepit, weak, frail, mental acuity is not as good. No, quit that stuff. That's not, you've got the mind of Christ. Show me when you stop having the mind of Christ when you're in him. Show me when the health scriptures don't apply to you. At what age do the scriptures stop working? Come on. Come on. So we're going to set a new generation. If Jesus tarries, we're going to be a new generation. We're going to show people how to live long and live strong. And then as you grow older, they're supposed to be your best years ever. Moses did more from the age of 80 to 120 than he did his first 80 years. Read it. 
I'm not making this up. So I'm going to do a whole lot more. Man, I, I was born in 1954. You do the math. So I'm a young duckling. <laughs> I got a lot. I got a ways to go before I get 80. When I get 80, man, I'm going to just get started. Amen. So anyway, partners, thank you. Those of you that are partners of the ministry. Uh, again, we're going to keep believing for 200,000 souls. We've already got 140,000 plus souls saved on Google now because of your partnership and you're getting rewards laid up in heaven. If you're not a partner, I know a few of you took partner cards on Sunday morning. If you're not a partner and you would like to become a partner, see me after the service. I've got partner cards. I can give you one. Um, and I appreciate that because we're just going to keep reaching more people. Our television program is going to keep expanding and we're going to keep touching more lives. So thank you and pray for us. If you're not a partner, at least pray about becoming one. And I understand you can't partner with everybody. I understand you guys have David Husky come in here. Man, you ought to partner with him if you feel led. I mean, he's an awesome minister. I love David. Uh, He and I graduated from Bible school together. We sat together in Bible school. So I've known David a long time. And uh, he's awesome. So I understand your pastor has a lot of wonderful ministers come in. You can't partner with everybody, but at least consider our ministry. Uh, if you'd like to be a partner, see me, and I'd love to get you hooked up. And uh, I write a, a personal letter. You partners know I write a personal letter every month to my partners. And I do a teaching uh, that just comes fresh. In fact, I was just in my hotel room all day yesterday writing to my partners. And I'm just getting revelation out of the word and praying and and writing things. And then I send it out to my partners. So only my partners get that. So uh, I promise you, you'll be on my heart and and mind when you become a partner with us as well. And then if you're a partner and you want to increase, feel free to increase, man. I mean, that's what I tell my partners. Start where you're at. And if God blesses you, then you can always increase your partnership. All right. Well, come on, Pastor Mark. Give Give your pastor a hand as he comes tonight. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.